Well, there would be different people who would have been involved in that, but basically those would be linguists. So linguists, linguists would look at the commonalities between languages and look at their linguistic features and then decide, according to that, how to group those languages. So that's how we know, for example, that um, English belongs to, is a Germanic language, as is Afrikaans, as is Dutch. But then we have Romance languages, for example, um, French, Portuguese, Spanish. Those are all Romance languages. That doesn't Why mean they that they're they Romance. <laughs> exactly, it's not the languages of love. It means that they, they they fall under Roman. So originally they're related to Latin, and and that's why they're called Romance languages. Gosh, for me this is such an interesting question because, as you know, we have Africa Month this month. May mm -hmm. is Africa Month. And this is the month where we celebrate the founding of the Organization of African Unity. And then now we have the, the African Union. And so it's all about coming together as Africans and being able to communicate together as Africans. And in doing that, obviously language is key. So I think that if we, we ask what is an African language, we need to look at how we're communicating and where we're communicating with the continent. We need to look at matters of the heart, matters of culture, but I think we also need to look at matters of the pocket. How are we doing business? How can language help us to, to shape business and to increase investment in our continent? Partly, but remember it also goes back to the languages of the colonizer. Mm -hmm. And you have some countries uh, who attained independence and then adopted the language of the colonizer and other countries which did not. So, for example, Ethiopia has Amharic as an, an official language, and that um, is not a, a language of any, any colonizer. Other languages, um, such as French, would be clearly a language of the colonizer, and so would, would English. So, yes, that's important. I think that's something we need to look at. How are we communicating and what medium are we using? I think this is the question. We traditionally look to outside Africa for business. So if you're looking at foreign direct investment, there's a clear link between the language of the um, com company that is wishing to invest in your country and the language spoken in that country. So you'd find, for example, in the UK, UK and the US would tend to invest in English-speaking Uh, African countries more than Francophone countries, and you know the same would be true of uh, France and Canada and any you know any French-speaking country would then want to invest in Francophone Africa. But I think your your introduction was very interesting because it shows that we have groupings of languages that we're not always uh, not always aware of. Mm. So why is it that we don't take into account um, Bantu languages as lingua franca? Why? Well, this is the question. Why don't we? Perhaps we look only to those traditional areas of investment, those traditional la languages of communication. Perhaps we're not looking inward. Perhaps you're not looking within Africa. I think we could do a lot if we mm. were able to communicate with ourselves better. Perhaps, on the other hand, maybe that's a pie in the sky. I'd love to hear what the listeners have to say. About. And I think South Africa is a superb example of that. We have not adopted only the language of the colonizer. We do have English, we do have Afrikaans, but we have nine other African languages. And if you look at the amount of translation and interpreting that have taken place since 1994, it is phenomenal. And business has taken note. You would find every bank has a language unit. Every, every national um, government uh, department also has to have a language unit. So people are realizing that it is 
allowed and it's good. We can communicate in our own languages. And in fact, we can do business in our own language. If I were to, to wish to speak Chitsonga, if I were to wish to speak, um, speak a language or to receive a form in a specific language, I think certain banks have uh, better, uh, better policies than others. So, for example, I know that APSA in certain regions would have forms in um, Setswana and Afrikaans available because they've understood that at branch level, those are the languages that are being spoken. And I'd love to hear from, some, to, from someone from APSA to see if they've extended that to other languages. Um, then, but then in terms of protection, so we're talking about the difference between, okay, Somebody's come in, they've written a letter of complaint in Zulu, and it needs to be translated, and I need to respond in that mm. language. That, that seems to be fine. But what about protecting these languages? Well, we know that South African languages have a written form, which is far more than many African languages on the rest of the continent. So we have, we, we have a progress towards standardization. We have a possibility of developing these languages. We are using these languages in technical fields. So that's all there. But there's something about the perception around it. There's something about people thinking, no, you know, I can't. 